everyone. This is Nat and Z from Sippin' Tea. Thanks for joining us today. I see you remix that intro. <laughs> you see how I did that? See how I did that today? I mean, the way things have been going this morning with the recording, I thought, hey, let's spice it up. <laughs> yes. You definitely spiced it up a bit. <laughs> What's going on, Z? <laughs> nothing, nothing. You know, just everything's good i've been um like my my little plan of improving mental health and wellness has been uh-huh. definitely working um good so i feel like i am in a good headspace uh i don't i like i filter like my news feeds i don't mm-hmm. read certain articles i don't want to hear about nothing mm-hmm. i've muted certain things so it's been it's been very beneficial so I um, suggest anyone who's just tired and overwhelmed with all of the negative stuff that's going on to just mm-hmm. kind of, um, you know, pull zone back. out. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I completely agree with because half the time I don't know what's going on. Once after surgery, I just kind of disconnected, which is why I'm like, oh, Z, what's what's happening? Because I really don't right. know sometimes. I mean, I watch the news, but. I like watching that some stuff because I think what's happening with the January 6th trials and all the other developments is fascinating. Yes. So I will watch that. But, I you know. I that too much. I've, I did see where they buried Ivana or Ivanka. Which one is it? Ivana. They buried yeah. her on Trump's golf course. And yeah. Apparently they're charging her estate like a membership fee. Or some crazy. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. This wait, okay. How they they charge to bury her? They charge her estate for all of these things, which okay, I get it because that's not your wife anymore, and so you feel like you don't have to fit the bill for her funeral. But if y'all could have seen the picture of the burial, it looked like Uh they just threw her in a dirt plot next to a golf, like a hole. Seriously? Yes, it looks like that. It is tacky, and I would say her 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 children. Should have done a better job. Her children. Well, yes, I would have thought they. I thought what Ivanka would have stepped in for that. Well, clearly they're trash human beings, so you can't really expect more from them than what they've done. I mean, it's par for the course. What they've done is actually par for the course. Par, and pun intended. Yes, par for the course. Ah, par for the course. Didn't even know I used the golf plan there. Look at me, just on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Par uh, for the course. So yes, yes, yes. We don't have a tea of the day today. Um, we're gonna we're just we're, we're trying some new things here, so we don't have an yeah. actual tea of the day. Um, mm-hmm. but later on this week we'll, we'll post something for mm-hmm. a tea that we both uh, uh, enjoy, so that you can also enjoy as well um mm-hmm. part so, of the remix yes yes <laughs> so we'll get um into what the hot tea is so i i told you guys before that i was gonna stop doing hot tea for a while but and by the time you hear this this is really going to be iced tea but um oh i like that yes it's gonna iced be iced tea, tea. oh i like it but uh, it's still worth uh, talking about and mentioning. So um, I 
I'm going to rearrange this. Well, no, I'm going to go into the order that I had put this in. So the first thing is Beyonce came out with an album. The album is called Renaissance. The album is, the Renaissance is actually from, from what I understand. I didn't understand this originally, but it's a three part project. And this is act one. And uh, first it was leaked. And I'll say this. I have to say this now. I have always said I've been beehive adjacent, right? I've never been in the 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 yeah. Hive. I feel like I'm beehive adjacent because I feel like that because I feel like I can critically analyze and dissect yes. projects without getting so so swept up into the hype that mm-hmm. I totally lose sight of whether a project or something she's done is actually good, right? I'm gonna say that this I, this album has now fully pushed me into the hive. <laughs> <laughs> I am centering the hive. And here's why. Um, and I think only for this project. And here's why. Um, mm-hmm. First, it was leaked. And the hive like really came together in a positive way to prevent it spreading the internet. I've never seen anything like this. Like, what? Every time somebody tried to post the, the leak, Twitter was on it. And they would report it and it would get taken down. Wow. This one person kept creating new Twitter accounts to try to do it, and that shit just kept getting shut down, shut down, shut down. Wow. So with that being said, that was, and it was done in a very, not in a a, a malicious way or like a, uh-huh. like how Nicki Minaj, the Barb's, they get crazy. They dox you and all this yeah, other stuff. Yeah, Barb's are a little left. Very, yeah, the Hivers didn't do that. <laughs> okay. They were very smart about it. So I'll say that. Second, when the, when the when the album dropped, I'll mm-hmm. say it took me the second time I listened to it. I was like, "Wow, I am in love with this!" Like I have not skipped. Well, there's one song that I skip, and mm-hmm. that's the first song. But I only skip it because I like it. But I'm just not in love with it. I like right. this album pretty much from beginning to end. Really, I would say that it is not for everybody, but mm-hmm. it's definitely giving. Some somebody said. If you were to open up Studio 54, bring Andy Warhol oh. from the dead, <laughs> this is what the album <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> and I would say if you if you took Pose the show and added it with Studio 54, mixed mm-hmm. in a little bit of Thames, and uh-huh. threw in a little Drake. This is what the album is. New Drake as in the Drake that album that just released? Uh, or Drake in general? Drake, the only reason why I say Drake is because it's clear that he wrote one of the songs on the album. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. I mean, she credits him. So, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. it's fully acknowledged that he, but you could tell that it's Drake. As soon it's as you Drake. hear it, you're like, okay, yeah, this is Drake. Um, uh-huh. I like it. And the reason why I said it puts me in the hive now is because we have been... For the last, if you think about it, two years, music has been really dry. Like, I don't know if it's just me mm. or I just, nothing moves me. Like, I don't, nothing makes me want to get up and dance. Nothing mm-hmm. makes me feel like I'm escaping just for a little bit mm-hmm. the shit that's going around us, right? And not to say that there isn't good music that has come out because Kendrick's album was good, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. Kendrick's album is not something that's going to make you want to get up and dance. And right. Just, yeah. Like, let loose. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, somebody said <laughs> that this 
album makes him want to put on a full leather outfit, snort a line of coke, and go down oh all night. Like, so I, that's clearly Studio 54. Very. It's very yes. 80s. Very. But it's 80s. It's 70s disco. Yeah. 80s, I get the disco vibe. Blondie. Very. Mm-hmm. Um, I like cozy. Great. Yes. I, so, so, so let's get into it. So my favorite songs on the album so far are Cozy. Mm-hmm. And then cuff it to energy to break my soul. Like I liked break my soul when I first heard it, but it wasn't like I was like, oh god, if this is what this whole album is going to sound like, I'm probably not going to be impressed. Now uh-huh. that I hear break my soul within the entire project, it makes so much sense because the transition from cuff it to energy to break my soul is phenomenal. I don't think there's ever been a transition this uh-huh. phenomenal that I've heard. Well, I'm not going to say that. I just haven't heard a transition this flawless. In a very long time. Like, I didn't, didn't stop dancing. I didn't even know that the song, one song ended in the next song. Oh, nice. Energy is really good. Um, I like Plastic Off the Sofa. I like Heat It, which is the song that Drake did. I mm-hmm. like Move. Um, Move is definitely one of my faves. And that's with Grace Jones and Thames. Oh, my Ooh. God. Like, I'm, like, obsessed with that song. So, um... Those are my favorite, favorite, favorite songs on the album. So mm. there are a lot of people who said they didn't like it. There are a lot of people that I know that are very much Beyonce fans that was like, I don't like it. Don't at me. And it, that's that's fine. That is definitely right. everybody's opinion for me. I have not stopped dancing. Charlie was dancing to it. Like, I've just been listening to it. And I feel like it's just like put all the Feel good. Yes. It's just feel good music. It's like, good for the summer. It is. Like, there's two things that are true. When you are when you are in the thick of things, right? If you're not feeling well, whatever it is, if you mentally drained, spiritually drained, emotionally drained, like if you just are whatever, like your brain needs to shut off. There are two mm. things that's going to help: exercise. And definitely, music. do not think that that is overhyped. Exercise definitely helps your mood. It does. It mm-hmm. absolutely does. And I'm eating well. Three things exercising, eating right. When I eat like trash, it feels like trash. It feels in like my body. I've like noticed like, I'm like, ugh, my skin is terrible. Like You feel sluggish. Yes. When you eat terrible, but if you eat good, your mood will definitely be boosted. And then music. If you hear a good song, I swear for that three minutes or four minutes or five minutes that you're just moving your body, you're going to forget everything. Bill's late. I'm going to forget about it for five minutes. <laughs> Take away E, I'm going to forget about it. <laughs> five minutes. Five Ain't minutes. that the truth? You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. my boss is getting on my nerves, but it's five minutes that bitch don't exist. That is the, <laughs> right. I'm telling you. And that this album for me, that is what it is. It provides mm. that escapism, and black people need that. Mm. And I, and, I, and I don't like it when people are hypercritical o- over stuff like this. Like, let us just enjoy being alive. We don't get to Thank, do that. No. <laughs> we really don't. And Not I feel at all. like this album, and from what she's provided context, um, mm-hmm. that that is what this album was all about. Just enjoy life. Like, it is rough out here. And just enjoy mm-hmm. it. Just dance. Let your body just be free and just move to the beat. So right. that's that. The second thing, there's a think piece. And I have a I have a problem. Okay, let me just go. Cosmopolitan, the magazine, put out an article like the song "Cuff It." Um, 
or co is it cozy cozy um is jay-z referencing the elevator attack between her sister and her husband and i'm like where are they getting this from right <laughs> so i go read the and the lyrics that they say that references was like um i advise you don't you not fuck with my sister something to that effect right and here's the issue if you are not of the culture please do not write articles on the culture <laughs> Because she's, because you don't understand, sis does not mean her sister in this context. Yes. I'm going to, wait, I have to tell you what the lyric says. And when you hear it, you're going to be like, huh? I'm like, yes, that, that's exactly. Um, exactly. (laughs) If you're not of the culture, don't write about the culture. Don't write about the culture. Don't presume that you know what is being communicated within the culture if you are not of the culture. Title, y'all playing with me. So, title ain't letting me. Title was giving me the lyrics earlier. Now, title don't want to give me the lyrics. But in uh, any event, mm-hmm. the song, it, it, there, there's a lyric. And basically, she's talking about like she sees this girl. She's a survivor. She's survived everything that she's been through. Mm. She's out here living it. So, while she's out here doing her thing, I just advise you not to fuck with her. That is what the whole thing is. How they got that that is talking about the elevator incident just tells you what I'm telling you. If you're not of the culture, do not write about the culture. Because, what is it, Avi, A-A-V-E, our vernacular. If you don't understand the vernacular, then don't write about the vernacular. Because you got it Thank you. And you're creating drama in a situation there is none if you don't know the vernacular the colloquialisms within the culture just just keep a distance thank you good morning and good night so that's please that's what i had to say about that now uh (laughs) i'm going to say this with some i want you to know that i am a police fan Mm -hmm. and my day ones and twos know that i I put a lot of people on police yeah first album yeah I did. Yes. Okay, y'all can argue with your mama. I know I did that, right? I was listening to Khalees like when it first. A while ago. I liked Khalees when she was doing just back like the uh, chords, choruses for other people. When she was on mm-hmm. Dirty Bastards, uh, hey, girl, hey. So a mm. lot of people didn't really start messing with Khalees until Milkshake. I was on right. Kaleidoscope, okay? Like Kaleidoscope, I was listening like no skips, straight back and forth. Now. Right. Khalees has a problem with Beyonce and she has a problem with the Neptunes. And her problem is that the song Milkshake was was sampled in one of the songs that Beyonce has used on the album. Mm -hmm. And she heard about it before the album released. So I listened to the album. I was like, I don't even, I'm, I'm, and I, this is no shade. I do not know where it's used at. Somebody Mm -hmm. on TikTok showed, like put side by side, like this is Khalees' song. This is Beyonce's song. And it's literally like a 20-second snippet, right? In the credits, mm-hmm. Beyonce credited the Neptunes for writing the song that was used as performed, and then says performed by Khalees. So she gave right. performance credits, if you even can say that. Now, Khalees has a problem that Beyonce even used it because she said, you know of all my drama with the Neptunes, and you preach feminine, like being a feminist, so why are you allowing them to keep capitalizing off of my work? Oh. So 
I took that and I said, for two, for I, I will give police a little bit of that, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. give her a little bit of that. Like, yes, as someone who touts themselves as being, I, I don't count myself as being a feminist. I tout myself as being a womanist, but that's a whole nother conversation for whom right. that. Um, but if you are really preaching women's rights, then I see where Khalees is coming from. Like, you know that I'm getting jerked. So why would you not at least give me a heads up that this was being used? Right. And my thing is, okay, she could have out of courtesy say, hey, I'm using your song. But, but what? Like, but what What after that? Like, you can't tell her not to use it. Why? Because right. you don't own it. So she's telling you as, why? like, my thing is, what is the value you're going to gain just respect okay uh, but but she still gave her a nod though she did what she didn't have to do because a lot of people don't even acknowledge the performer they only acknowledge the writer and the producer so the fact right. that she even mentioned Khalees is big I feel like Khalees is two things she's grieving she lost her husband to cancer so I yeah. feel like she really just needs to focus on that but mm-hmm. I can't tell her what to be triggered by this obviously triggered her, but I feel mm. like her she needs to really direct that energy more so to the Neptunes and not so much to Beyonce. Because Beyonce is not the only person that has used their work in her mm. in, used her the that work, that body of in work their song. in their songs. And I feel like you're just using it because you know Beyonce is such a big name. And so it's easier for you to attach it to this because people will listen. Because she even in her live, she said some some little, I don't even know the artist, she said, called Khalees and told her that she used it. Well, probably because that artist is just brand new to the scene. Right. And doesn't have a real dog in the fight. So she's just going to be like, hey, I've been using your song. But she's using it and there's not shit you could do about it. From what it looks like, Pharrell uh-huh. wrote all the songs. Now, if Pharrell didn't write all the songs and you wrote the songs and you got into a shitty contract, it really isn't even on the Neptunes, right? Right. You got into a shitty contract, that's on you and your lawyer. Your lawyer should have went over that with a fine-tooth comb. And yes, you were 19 and yes, you were young. But let me tell you, that is ignorance of the law does not help you in this in this case. Like your lawyer. You should have had the a lawyer that went through that shit like a fine tooth comb. Something happened where you got screwed, and I'm I yeah. feel sorry for her for that. But take that shit up with Pharrell. She even said Pharrell does this all the time. It's his passive passive aggressive way of getting at me. And I'm thinking like, huh? Is Pharrell really that petty that after what twenty years he's still finding ways to take jabs at you when this man just be out here living life? Like yeah. with his triplets and his other son and his wife and his skincare line and his big ass hats and his minion songs. Right. Ah, the minions. I don't know. Like why? Mm. Why? And again, I don't know their history, so I'm just speaking from just a purely speculative viewpoint. Right. But it just seems to me to be a little. I don't know. That just don't. That don't fly. That don't pass the. That don't pass the check. And then she went after. And the people that she goes after never really say anything, if you notice that. Beyonce don't say shit. Uh, the Neptunes ain't never say shit. The way she right. went at Nas, they, he ain't never say shit. Until that one time where he was like, enough. I'm tired of this bullshit. I kind of mm. feel like Khalees is one of those people that's like Amanda Seals. And, or like, um, I'm trying to find somebody else 
that I can equate that to. I don't really know like, her context, so I'm going to just say, okay. I'm just going to say, like, <laughs> sometimes I feel like, no shade, Amanda Seals is good, but I feel like sometimes she misdirects her anger, and, and that's oh, why she is, like, if you notice, she's very it. isolated in who she actually interacts with and, mm-hmm. and who actually entertains her. Um, and I feel like Khalees is the same right here. Like, you are well within your right to be pissed, but be right. pissed at the people who are continually putting your songs in their shit. Like, if you look at the credits, I went back. I looked at all of the credits for Kaleidoscope. I looked at the credits for uh, Tasty, I think it was. It's all, all, all in my opinion. Well, it all says it's written by Pharrell and Chad. She then even said, and Chad, who's just a spineless amoeba. And when she said that, I'm like, why are you coming oh after this man? People know the Neptunes, but the Neptunes to most people, especially this younger generation, is Pharrell. That's right. It. They don't know right. about Chad. So the fact that you even brought him up, just to me, symbolizes there's some <laughs> trip trauma there that you need to go in heels sis, and get you a good lawyer and then fight them in court. Like, right. And the fact that you haven't done this after 20 years means one of two things. You don't have the money to do it. Three things. You don't really have the money to do it. You don't want to do it. Or you really don't have a leg to stand on. Right. I know writers, people who write, who keep the the their lyrics that they write out, they keep them. Um and like a like like Prince did in a vault. So you can't yeah. ever say, I didn't write this because here's proof that I did write this song or whatever. Mm-hmm. Again, she was 19 when she got into that contract with them. And yes, she got screwed. She probably got screwed. But that's, that's, some, that's some legal shit, sis. And she notified who she was supposed to notify. There's a process when you sample people's songs. Yeah. And she went through the proper channels. And I'm sorry if you feel like she should have called you. But she's Beyonce. That bitch ain't got to call nobody. <laughs> <laughs> like, not to say it like that. But who right. you feel like you deserve a phone call? Like... I don't know, but that's just my But does she, but does Khalees understand how the Bayhive men just, those some those that are misinformed or uninformed based on their age from the Bayhive may just be coming for her now? She don't care. She even said it. Oh, okay. She said she don't care. She said, because y'all are sheep. That's what she said. And, and, and I will say that she's right. There are a lot mm-hmm. of members of different artists yes. that are, are really like crazy. Um, yes, and she, super fan to the nth degree. Right, and there are some Beehive members that are super fans and that will literally go like beyond. That's why Beyonce don't say shit because she knows that the high will take care of it. Why does she got to get involved? <laughs> yeah, that's like, crazy. Seriously. That's wild. That's so wild to me. And you're actually asking for like, I'm the type of person if I'm calling you like if I call you out and you don't respond, that's gonna ignore or uh, annoy me even more. Right, I'm gonna get more annoyed because I'm calling you on your shit, right. and you're just ignoring me. The worst person to ever call out are people who don't give a fuck. Beyonce don't never address any rumors. They just told this lady that she didn't have her baby, that she faked mm-hmm. her first pregnancy the whole time. Mm-hmm. They didn't say she's in the Illuminati. There's so many <laughs> things that have been said about this woman, and she has never addressed it. You think she gonna yeah. address you? Since she missed the time. Get your little coins off of Bountiful and whatever that she, their little, her uh, cooking stuff and just be happy and, 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 and grieve your husband and just stop. Then, right. oh, wait, 
the one point that she did make that I'm going to say if her she got a dog in a fight is that Rihanna because somebody said Rihanna copied off of her and she was like that's that's oh. I don't want to open today if she got beef I will say that because there are some things that I noticed between like when when Rihanna started changing up her look that was uh-huh. kind of like eh, okay but so there may be that okay but everything else maybe is, is leave it alone there might be a nod toward that one right um and then the last thing is will smith so will smith came out with a video uh this was mm-hmm. months now right how long did this the slap happen like three months ago he came out he something like that. that to me um, yeah he came out and basically apologized again explained where he was like his position and people were still like demonizing him. Don't nobody gonna hear that shit. Blah 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 blah. You should have known mm. better. Somebody literally said, and I had to check them. You literally did the worst thing you could do to another human being, and you want people's forgiveness? I was like, worse than rape? What? Worse than murder? Like a slap? Um, come on now. Come I don't on now. Think so sis, no. Mm. See, I don't think so, sis. That is uh, African American vernacular. <laughs> Not talking about my sister. So, Correct. <laughs> my actual sister right. that is said, said reference. Right. So I, I'm like, uh, okay. All I have to say about the Will Smith thing is this. And I put this on my Facebook page. There are certain people who can't take accountability for their actions, who don't like yeah. to be honest, who had very narcissistic behavior in making you feel like you were the reason why I did everything that I did. Mm-hmm. Blame you know, game, flying monkeys, he, all that. He could have blamed his wife. He could have threw her under the bus. He could have done so many things. And people still want to put Jada in the conversation. And I'm like, this is a grown ass man whose decisions are made entirely independent mm-hmm. of everything else. And y'all still trying to say that it's all of his life? Like, shut up. But um, he literally said he's trying to convince himself that he's not a piece of shit. Do you know how, how like, bad this man must be feeling knowing how just that situation yeah. was bad? And for him to acknowledge that he literally, his transgressions literally affected many people. It went beyond Chris. It went to Chris's yeah. mom, Chris's brother, who he was mm. very cool with because he was on that show, all of us. It went to um, Quest Love, who had to come and accept an award. Yes, right after. Right after. Like, you know what I mean? It, overshadowed. It, it overshadowed so many things. And to have to deal with that and then acknowledge that and understand that disappointing people is the root of your trauma and explaining that that is where all of this is coming from and people still shitting on him, that's fucked up. And y'all are some piss poor human beings because y'all really act mm. like y'all are just so perfect, like you've never made a mistake. And this mm. man made a mistake. Again, being in Hollywood for over 30 years, the first 30 thing he's years. done... Y'all really want to vilify him. Yeah. I am, I am tired of y'all just self-righteous mm. assholes who sit on these pedestals and, and from your Facebook, I mean, from your Facebook keyboard and you're typing, typing, typing and you're telling Behind. people. Yes. And, and you want to Behind tell, the screen. Y'all shut up. Just shut up. Go to hell. People have nothing. To, a lot of people don't have anything else better to do with themselves. They though, don't. Honestly. Like I, I agree with part of the sheep mentality. Folks just go with the flow without knowing or reading. And I think we did something about that before. Like you just go with whatever is being said without doing your own research. Because mm-hmm. that's looking out are, there, looking society. stupid. That's who, just who we are. And I'm just yeah. tired of it. Like the 
like you don't understand how hard it is to go through ter- to to go into therapy and have to mm. deal with the root of your issue root and cause root which takes years, years for some people to get to and it's trauma a lot of us have dealt with trauma and people feel like trauma is like these big like huge events mm. in people's lives and it's not it's not sometimes the trauma is so small that you can't even recognize that it's trauma mm-hmm. and it builds or you could be someone do i want to be this transparent i'll be this transparent. you could be someone like me who has figured out that there's a lot of things that I've just blacked out on. Like I blocked right. out. Like I just don't remember certain parts of like my. It's a coping mechanism for your body. It's, yes. Because I've just suffered some level of trauma that just, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, my brain won't let me get back to that point. And the trauma right. probably isn't. And, and the therapist is probably not even that big. It could be just something that was in that moment, your five-year-old self or your six-year-old self, was so hurt over that mm-hmm. you just maybe it, it's a point it's a pivotal point for your life moving forward it is so, that's indelible right so let's just go ahead and take a quick break and then come back with our and we're back so we kind of got into the everything today with our little remix and kind of forgot to tell y'all what we talk about today. I know, I <laughs> but it's okay, though. Um, I think we're allowed as Generation Xers, mm-hmm. you know, the forgotten generation in multiple areas. So that's kind of what we're talking about and just kind of looking at the evolution, even with our conversation we just had, Z, the evolution of how some people society is nowadays compared to how it was when we were growing up Mm -hmm. things we didn't take things so seriously in the sense the the cancel culture people were a little bit more accountable than they are today um so you know what is generation x we talk about it all the time you hear z talk about it a lot when we're talking about how people process receive and project things and it's a term typically used to describe the generation of americans born between 1965 and Although there are some folks that think it's, you know, some sources think it's a different ranges, but, you know, for this purpose of this show, that's that's the range we work with, okay? It sometimes has been called the middle child generation following the well-known and predominantly white baby boomer generation, you know, preceding the more diverse millennial generation that we find ourselves in now that oftentimes we refer to and how the millennials navigate life right so generally gen xers are children uh of the silent generation so there's so much stuff that we live through that most of y'all oh, have no idea and baby yes and the baby boomers for sure mm-hmm. uh, and the older the older baby boomers yeah. yeah so you know think about we're sitting here talking about we've lived through car seat when we, there were no car seats no restraints we'd just be rolling around in the back seat and stuff <laughs> Without, <laughs> with, sit in the back of a station wagon. Yeah, in a station wagon. In the back of a station wagon, no seatbelts, no at all, at all. <laughs> there was a time that I was, my mom was driving, and I was sleeping, sleeping on her lap in the front seat, and we got into an accident, and she hit the brake, and I just rolled and hit the gas pedal. <laughs> 
out here wilding, okay? Wilding. Y'all just don't know. Talk about child restraints. I, I mean, they pretty much were created because of our generation. Probably. Just, you know, lead paint, being latchkey kids. A lot of us have I been was. latchkey kids. I was latchkey yeah, and most, I don't know if some of y'all know what latchkey is. Basically, your parents are not home. So when you come home from school, you got a key, go in the house and be quiet and keep yourself you know, do your homework and watch cartoons and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of us were latchkey kids. Yeah, you know, being childcare people for our younger brothers and sisters mm-hmm. at 10 years old. Full-time job. Full-time job. And uh, <laughs> riding bikes without helmets. You know, being out all day. No no supervision. You leave the house at like 8. And your parents don't know where in the world you are. And you come home at, at dusk. Yep. And nobody got a phone. Nobody's checking on you. You know, it's just, you know, you've been out. You may come home and drink from the hose yep. for a hot second. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, cool off, get a sandwich. And if you were allowed back in the house, maybe a juice box. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> you better get a cup of water. Yeah. From the hose. Exactly. Because you can't come in the house. Um, and also on the other part, there's the one joyous thing as far as like the fall of the Berlin Wall. Um, on the other side, though, the Challenger disaster. I know that happened when I was in sixth grade and we, we were all in the cafeteria we and we're all it. watching it. But think about you ever think about how traumatizing that is for us? That's what I'm saying. When I talk about trauma, sometimes the trauma that you probably are experiencing, you don't even know. Like realize you're in a classroom with your peers. And y'all are so excited to see the challenge. Yes. And a teacher. Space and a teacher's on it. And that's First time. Pretty much why I think they allowed us all to watch it. Only to watch yes. that shit blow up. Do you know how Man. that is? We all sit in the cafeteria like, wait, what just happened? And the teachers are trying to figure out how to explain this to us. And we're like, wait, is it, is it not supposed to do that? Man. That was wild, but mm-hmm. that definitely is traumatizing. Then, of course, Columbine. Me and Z were living together at that time, and we were sitting in the in the living room like, "What? What is going on?" Just right. And what? Let's be clear. Columbine was a millennial action, mm-hmm. but was a Gen Xer experience. Experience for us. Right. That was the first time we witnessed tragedy in a school. At that level. So that is definitely a trauma between the millennials and Gen Xers. But that was Mm -hmm. the first time as a Gen Xer, as in in my adult, like I was still in, I was, I think I graduated at that time or I was about to graduate. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But just to know that it was like, what the is going on here? Right. Right. We were getting ready to graduate because that was wild. But you think about all these things and these trauma points, not to focus on the negative, but. Like the the Challenger disaster when we're six, Columbine when we're in our college years, Oklahoma City bombing, you know. Oh, and then on top of that, we're on college campuses getting duped into the debt lifestyle. Talk about here, sign up for this credit card and you get a free T-shirt. And I don't even know, are they allowed to still do that? I don't know. And you know why? Y'all know why? Because of us. Because of Gen Xers. Because we had to, we got duped into that shit. People on there yes. getting credit cards for free t-shirts. You are now 18 years old, saddled with $5,000 worth of debt. Girl. Paying that shit back. At no job. Mm, messing up the whole credit and our whole lifestyle. Talk about we can't get a house later because our credit is effed up. All because we got a t-shirt and a visor. And maybe a little bag. 
a little, a little bit or something for you, or a little pencil case, you know. Um, and then, you know, the, oh, but the one thing I will say that would kind of counteract maybe some of the trauma that maybe balanced us out was the after school specials no. to a point until they thought they we were going to be kidnapped <laughs> or spontaneously pregnant. <laughs> like you said, yes, after man. Stranger danger. Kidnapped, you're pregnant, or be strung out on drugs. Every day. Like, oh, the drugs one. Yeah, the drugs one. That's like Saved by the Bell when Jesse was on those little uppers. Y'all don't understand the yeah. level. I feel like the boomers really did traumatize us intentionally. Because it was like, you're living in the 80s. And y'all don't understand. The 80s was a time. The 80s and it the 90s. Was. Boy, mm. we had a time last night. That's how it was. <laughs> The 80s and 90s was just off the, like, the freaking... Man. And I'm going to say 80s and early 90s. Woo, boy. Woo, yeah. buddy. I'm telling you. <laughs> you talk about some chaotic shit. Yes. Lord have mercy. And Man. That's a good segue into one of the things, again, we're talking 80s and 90s. The crack mm-hmm. epidemic in 80s, I mean, the crack epidemic in AIDS, hit generation x like yes and it hit us in 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 different ways right it hit generation x because a lot of our parents wind up getting on crack and Mm -hmm. that then led to a lot of turmoil that a lot of gen xers dealt with Mm -hmm. in their lives or some of our us got us older gen xers got in on it Mm -hmm. and And moving weight got folks started it obliterated. I think that's why Gen X is one of the smaller generations because it literally destroyed the fabric of the family. People weren't mm-hmm. out here just like, it It just was wild. You have, we, we came of age or were children during the 80s crack epidemic, which disproportionately affected urban areas mm-hmm. and which predominantly serve African Americans. Right? Yep. A lot of children started going to foster care during this time. Yeah. And then on top of mm-hmm. the, the the crack epidemic, you had the AIDS epidemic, where we're seeing now people want to just focus on it when it's just about homosexuality. And that's how y'all ninjas out here going to get monkey pox, because y'all, some of y'all are so stupid thinking it's just an STI when it's yes. not, because that is how it was originally touted. And then because it was touted as an STI, they only super focused on the homos- like on the LGBTQIA mm-hmm. community. And so, therefore, people, straight people out here sounding stupid. Oh, I'm good. Like, oh, I'm good. Any sexually mm-hmm. transmitted disease, you can get it, bitch. Hello. You Hello. There is no such thing as a gay Thank specific you. sexually Ooh. transmitted disease. Y'all are stupid. And it's yes. not Gen Xers. It's y'all dumbass millennials and Gen Zers and freaking whatever this. Y'all are dumb. And I'm like, I'm fed up with <laughs> I'm just Sick of y'all. Sick of y'all. And I might sound like a boomer right now, but right. <laughs> this is definitely Gen X. Don't get it twisted, yeah. okay? Um, you had people in our Gen X adolescence, right? So think about it. The AIDS epidemic is popping off, and there are kids who are out here having unprotected sex because at that time, it wasn't a mm. a a culture of 
protect yourself, right? Right. Like, there wasn't this whole, it was, like, let's wear mm-hmm. condoms, let's practice safe sex. Like, y'all don't understand, when Salt and Pepper came out with, like, let's talk about sex, baby. Like, do mm-hmm. you know, like, how, like, up that was huge. Were? That was so, people, certain stations wouldn't play it. Because they're talking about making sure you have safe, safe sex. Safe, and then I uh, left eye, TLC, and then they were in the condoms, and they was like, oh my goodness, they got a condom on the eyeball. It's but they're coming from the, the 70s from the wartime when free love and all that other stuff and nobody was having safe sex then yep. for sure for sure and I, I know that because of the AIDS epidemic that sex education really and sex programs had to adapt quickly to start mm-hmm. it showing people young adults like what it means to have safe sex Stop saying abstain. Ain't nobody abstaining. Like, it's like a couple of y'all. Right. People but we got to be realistic. Be realistic. Right. right? And teach yes. people what to do properly. But- Safely. Whew, that have these right. conversations. I'm in the, oh my goodness. I hate hearing when people go back and forth and we're like an abstention. No. People are still going to pop up preggers. And I'm just saying. And, and STIs. Stuff. Exactly. And doing one, doing it one way is not going to mean that you can't get it. Because right. I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, if we do it the backdoor way, I'll be fine because I can't get pregnant. But you're going to get STI. So, come on now, people. Come on. So, with all that, you know, we also had the rise of home computing. Mm-hmm. This is when people, people, we didn't even know what a desktop, uh, a laptop was. The desktop, the computers were huge as hell. And like the, what was it? The gateway, you had the tower and then you had like the little box underneath it. And then you had the huge, um, the monitor and everything. And then when we were in school, we were, no one, we had a computer lab, y'all. We don't understand anybody had their own computer. The Commodore, yes. The Commodores, that was a word processor and stuff. And then I I don't even, the Commodore computer. Oh, I had a gateway. Sun systems, because if you remember, Sun, yes, I remember sun, computer systems. Lab, it was sun systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we all had to go to computer at lab, and that's when we didn't have any voicemail either. Couldn't do anything on your phone because none of us had those mobile no anything. Yeah, none of that. Google. We had to go and look it up In at the, the computer. Or, I'm sorry, we had to go to the library. Mm-hmm. Do y'all know what a library is? Because some people don't anymore. They don't. Just they don't go to the. I mean, it's like Audible that you can like find stuff and listen to it but you actually got to go do a decimal system you know go through the stacks and all that and actually look for stuff and and be you know submerged in it and then go to the computer and go on the microfiche and all that other stuff y'all don't even know what microfiche is unless y'all watch um national treasure or something when they got to go into the microfiche and library of congress and all that other stuff but i mean it was a luxury that was um uh, that we were exposed to and then at some point eventually became part of the everyday. And without us being the test subjects for home computing, y'all would not have no laptops. Just saying. So y'all should say thank you. Because we were the test dummies for that. <laughs> and then, when you take it and you look at it for that, like, just looking at how far we came, right? With, with mm-hmm. generation X. Like, we were the post-civil rights generation. In the sense that we were the first group of people to grow up post-integration, right? Mm -hmm. And 
we were among the first children to be bused to attain integration into the public school system. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think because of all of that, we had been dubbed, I, I don't know if it's, <laughs> it's the same today, but we were dubbed as the uh, least racist of, and this was in the 90s, of today's mm-hmm. generations. I doubt that that would be the case today. Um, but back mm-hmm. then, definitely, we were considered the least racist generation because of the fact that we were brought up post-integration. Right. Mm-hmm. And then with all of that, you think about where does the parenting come into play? Because we talked about the, the being the latchkey kids mm-hmm. and then where were your parents? And because of, um, you know, the the rise of the the drug epidemic, um, folks coming back from the war, not being able to to um, support themselves, then the parents and the mothers had to leave the household to go make ends meet and go have a job and a career. So then that's why we were latchkey kids. And then we're often sometimes taught, called the least parented and least nurtured generation. But even before then, this generation had to sit there and look at, well, what is work-life balance? Because now I have to have a work-life balance because I'm leaving the house. Or as mothers, you're leaving the house to go handle the the business of of what needs to be done. But I think also because there was that little bit of gap time and parents were like, okay, well, I'm going to let you do what you need to do because I really don't have time to talk. I don't want to say it that way, but I think there was a little bit more flexibility because of living through the 70s and the pro and anti-war efforts that parents are just kind of like, I don't want to be held down. So I'm going to try to support my child to do whatever in that next way or next step of their life. Well, you know, um, you know? I feel like, well, see, I feel like with Gen X, I feel like because we were the least parented and the least nurtured, that we take more effort in making sure that our children experience a different level of parenting that we do. And I think mm-hmm. that we have, it's been a gift and a curse. I think we've created helicopter parenting. We've created, we aren't the product of the participation generation, but we have created the participation generation. We birthed Mm. the participation generation. And I think Mm -hmm. that that is because we just don't, because of how we were nurtured and parented. Right. I, I, you know, a lot of people I know, well, I'll say this. The tribe, y'all are the only people that I know that grew up in, with two parents in the household. I, I, mm. if I before I met y'all, I didn't know anybody that grew up with their mom and dad at home. It was always mm-hmm. their mom, single parenting it, mm-hmm. like barely making it. You know what I'm saying? Struggling right. with whatever salary that they could muster up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My mom would work from, like my mom would leave the home at 6 a.m. and get home well after 6 p.m. And she would work mm-hmm. in New York to make a... a uh, 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 you know, away from me and my sister, and you know, it's it's amazing how I'm definitely like that comes through. Like I don't yeah. want to parent my child that way. Like I have a very strict boundary. Like I'm not working all night to spend two mm-hmm. hours with my child. Like no, right? You know what I mean? I start my work day at six thirty. I end day at three, and I tell people I end my day at three because I want to enjoy the time that I have with my child. Like, I'm not trying right. to be tethered to a desk, to a computer, to a phone. For what? Like, that is not how mm-hmm. I want to have her at 
21 on a therapy in a therapy session say my right was always working da, 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 da. like and you know it makes a difference it does make a difference it does. And that could be another part, whether we realize it or not, of where some trauma may come from, but we don't yeah. recognize it as that, yeah. you yeah. know? And that's, you know, those are some of the characteristics that we share as Gen Xers, like the whole, the least parenting and latchkey kids. But, you know, some of the characteristics that we've developed from being that, you know, we're very resourceful. Like, we can live off. Mm-hmm. That's why during the pandemic, if you notice, Gen Xers weren't complaining about shit. Because we're used to being cooped up in the house. Like, right. we're resourceful. We're very independent. We're Make keen, it work. Yes. We're keen on a work-life balance. We tend to be a little bit more liberal on social issues and more ethnically diverse than boomers. Um, mm-hmm. We have been seen as fiscally conservative, but again, socially liberal. We are the work hard, play hard generation. The first, again, to understand the work, the need for work-life balance. Why? Because mm-hmm. of how we were raised. Um, we are, oh, and whole more educated than our parents. Um, mm-hmm. and we are seen as the major heroes of the September 11th terrorist attacks because a lot of firefighters and police responding to the attack yeah. from the Gen X generation. Um, well from Gen X. So you have to look at it in, and, and see all the contributions that we've made because a lot of things that people are using to flourish now are really based off of the things that we set in place. A lot Hello. Of things, a lot Thank of you. Um, Good morning. Technology. You're welcome. Yes, you're you're very welcome. Technology, <laughs> you're welcome. your work life balance, the fact that you, that yes. is even a thing is thanks to Gen X. Um, yep. And there is a flip side. I will say that Gen Xers are just sometimes, you know, a little bit more ambivalent or disaffected by politics. And you have to understand, <laughs> we grew up in the Reagan era. We grew up Reaganomics. As Nick's, we had mm. who was right before Reagan. Um, Carter was it Carter. So, well, Jimmy Carter was cool, but like you have to understand, like the way we, we grew up in Reaganomics, the Bush era trickle like, down. We didn't have Obama. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The the the, 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 the closest Different. we got to like feeling some type of political freedom was Clinton, and that is yeah, kind of like you know what I'm saying. So yeah, um, that was adjacent adjacent. Yes. So and, <laughs> and we have been seen as the most reluctant to grow up. Um, but I don't really think that that is a hundred percent true. I feel like we like growing up. We just mm-hmm. are tired of just because we were Toys R Us kids. Yeah, we don't want to grow up. About that. Yeah. Go into pop culture. Yes, yes, yes. And so there's so many things that we benefited from that y'all just don't even understand or even recognize for for pop culture. There were public service announcements. Which I think we could benefit from today, yeah. but we don't have them. You know, the the drug era that we had talked about, and this is how it showed up with, with the Reagan Reaganomics and all that. And I there, you. I learned it by watching you. This is your brain, which is a frying pan. This is your brain. Oh, which was an egg, and this is the the frying pan was drugs. And then you crack the egg open on the frying pan and be like, "This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs." And then I can't remember the past part, the next part of the any thing. Questions? But based, yeah, any questions? Basically, looking, telling y'all don't do drugs because we some, just had a whole. They use some mm-hmm. wild things to keep people from trying. Yes, to do drugs, and they all fell flat because we all were joke. We we never take shit serious, so we laughed at everything. They had Marla Gibbs <laughs> using yes uh, doing a, a PSA on drugs. 
Pee Wee Herman mm-hmm. doing the PS. Oh yes, Pee Wee Herman. I remember yes. that, and yes. even talk about it at Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yes. and like they would always have. Um, back then, the shows on TV always had a message. At some point, Yay. always had a message. There was a take home and stuff, and Pee Wee would talk about um, messages. Yes, like come on now, and then Smokey the Bear. Only you can prevent forest fires. Yeah. Only you. Maybe if they did that now, folks would be a little bit better at curating <laughs> what's going on with the forest fires. Yes, to an extent. Give a hoot. Don't pollute. Like <laughs> yes, that yes. was the first green life. I'm telling you. <laughs> Yes, and Mad Mothers Against Drunk Driving, Dare. There were so many that were like putting into our head subconsciously. And I think that's why we were focused on how do we want to move forward on certain things. And it laid the groundwork for a lot of things. Right. And then speaking on shows, like you think about some of the shows that we grew up in, grew up with, like I, they don't do the messaging like they used to, right? Right. Then they would drive it home. Like they would have episodes mm-hmm. on molestation. Remember when Dudley uh, Yes. With, uh, on different strokes, he got mm-hmm. uh, molested by the guy at the bike shop. Honky Booster. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. Honky Booster was my shit. You had Alf. Yeah, I love that show. Mr. Belvedere. Mm-hmm. Who's the boss? And one of your like, quality TV shows. The, yes. Um, and then, you know, you had things like Breeding Rainbow. Oh, um, fabulous. Um, and then I would say, like, I feel like that era was, like, high... It was like peak black excellence in terms of mm-hmm. TV programming. Um, regards to how you feel stuff about you don't see today, right? Regards about how you feel about Bill Cosby now. Um, the Cosby yes. show was peak black television. Yes, because he put us in a in a light up against the um the drug epidemic. Yes. Yes. And and completely t- to try to dispel what was going on and bring the family together, I, despite what you may think of him. He still that was there was still some relevance there. That's pivotal. I remember that was having pivotal. a conversation, this is years ago, like at least, this is like years ago. I had a conversation with somebody who is a boomer, and they were talking about they didn't like the Cosby show because it wasn't realistic. And I'm like, yeah, it wasn't realistic to you. For you? But like, it was realistic for reality. me. And if it wasn't realistic, it is now reality. Like, yes, you have a, a mother who's a lawyer and a father who's a mm-hmm. doctor in the home. Like, and yes, they can still manage to spend time with their children and do things like mm-hmm. stop limiting and that's I think one of the issues with the boomers is that they limited their imagination of what could be yeah. and I feel like Gen X was the first generation to kind of really like say this is all that can be everything mm-hmm. that can be and I'm not going to let like you tell me no and then the mm-hmm. generation after that just took it and ran with it but um yeah Definitely, definitely a blueprint for what we are now because I think a lot of the parents and ourselves that are lawyers and doctors and own our own companies and entrepreneurship all came out of that because we saw it on screen. We saw people in college. We saw the sororities and fraternities. We saw just a different next step for us outside of what was being projected on the screen that black people were just drug addicts and crack addicts laying in the Mm streets, shooting everybody up. And there needed to be something put out there to say, this is not how it has to be. Exactly. You know, it was for, it was for us, by us, for us, by us. Isn't that FUBU? Yeah. You had FUBU. Yeah. FUBU. um, You remember Ofafo? Is that? Uh, one for all, all for one. 
right? Yes. Oh, fivefold for us by the. <laughs> Um, and if you don't know, they, they don't, I'm telling you, they just don't do it like this anymore. The Brad Pitt At all. Like, even though it was like Ensemble a, cast. a small subset, just like a small set of white people that were in all mm-hmm. the movies. The, all the movies they were in were just like, you had like St. Elmo's Fire, Flatline. Yes. Sweet 16, I mean, you had 16 Candles. Candles, you had, yeah. Um, what was the other oh one? But what's the vampire one that there, there was a bunch of people in that one? Less than zero. What's the uh what's the one pretty and pink? Yes, like, yes, you know, yes. You just I mean John Hughes movies were just top tier. And if you didn't get to go to the movie theaters to see those and you had to watch those on television, I feel sorry for you because Yeah. Because they're on all the time now and y'all just don't understand. Weird science. Oh, that one. Day off. Bueller, um, Bueller. 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 Oh, at one of my birthday parties, I wanted to watch Weird Science, and we all sat down to watch it. My parents started notice how much cussing was in there. We stopped at mid-movie, <laughs> and they were like, oh, no, we go watch something else. And the kids were like, oh, and my parents were like, y'all not, I don't care how you guys talk to your parents, but in this house, we're not watching this movie. And I was so embarrassed, because we couldn't watch Weird Science. And now I watch it, I'm like, hmm. I guess it was a lot of cussing. Yeah, Porky's. What was the other one? Oh, um, Porky's. Um, Animal House. House. Lampoon. Yes. National Lampoon's. Y'all, all those six million ones that they had. I'm telling you, we had, it was a time. Then, um, <laughs> you had the birth of, like, I would consider new black cinema. Like, Spike mm-hmm. Lee. You have uh, Boys in the Hood. Man, Society. Ricky. Hamilton. Like mm-hmm. it's just like I feel sorry if you did not grow up as yeah. a Gen Xer because poetic really justice. Had, it was it was a time to be alive. <laughs> <And if you laughs> it was a time, <laughs> it was a time to be you alive. All the things because all of these things evolved into like how we have a soundtrack soundtrack to our lives. Yes. Because all of these, these, some of these movies had, that's when soundtracks really came into play. Like the Pretty in Pink soundtrack, mm-hmm. 16 Can't, like, you know, each of those John Hughes movies had a soundtrack. If you hear the song, you know what movie Don't. it is. You know where you are. Oh, the, right? The Breakfast Club. Oh, yes, yeah. The Breakfast Club. Yes. And they, yeah. we were the first yeah. generation to experience music videos, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know y'all see them now, but we were, because of that, because of we were the MTV generation, you know, and we actually saw MTV have music videos on it when they actually sat and watched it. Like we had shows, Downtown Julie Brown, all of those things, know, you know. I forgot to mention, we mm-hmm. gave y'all the first reality show. Now, y'all can hate us. Yes. Now, it has now spiraled into a whole bunch of other shit. But the yes. real world, first yes. reality TV show, okay? That Your was New actors. York? Yep. Yes, you had the B who now is on XM, yes. and um the other the the writer, I I can't remember his name <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know I'm um, he like Kevin, yes Kevin, um all of those things, and there's an alternative rock movement that happened in this time, oh, um and the two thousands grunge, which is a subgenre, which is Nirvana. My love. Um, y'all don't Pearl know about Jam. that. Oh. Yes, um, Nine Red Hot Nails. Chili Peppers. Oh. 
Yes. And on the flip side of that was Tupac, NWA, the notorious B.I.G. That's pit all day. You know, pit uh, union parties. That those were the that was the soundtrack of our life, like, you know. And we can having Nirvana as a soundtrack of your youth. Having mm, smells like Teen Spirit. Oh my God! Having Biggie and Tupac be the soundtrack of your youth. Yes, you know exactly where you were when you hear that song. You pl- time, place, you memory, flashback. Y'all got little everything. Little, little dumb what they, what, and we all in the mumble rappers. You're not gonna understand where you were when you heard when you hear that because you don't understand what they're saying. It doesn't give you anything. It's composable <laughs> music. Complete and I and I dare I say music though. Is it because written lyrics aren't being written like they were back then? It's an art form. It's not like and anyone who is writing lyrics or 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 doing any of that stuff is from a is a Gen Xer that's actually spitting anything that makes sense. It's not these new little 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 people, and I, I, there's too many little peoples. I can't keep up. Um, then there's Madonna. Y'all just oh, before Lady Gaga, there was Madonna, y'all. And now mm. some of y'all be out here Lady now looking. Madonna, wait, Blondie walked. Yes. So Madonna could run, so that Lady Gaga could fly. Okay. Hello, there you go. Let's, let's, and y'all don't even know who who Blondie is. We just mentioned her before. <laughs> Pat Benatar, if we're going to the rock side of things, John Bon Jovi. Now, John Bon Jovi is, that was just when I was sitting, uh, with a, what do you call it? Going to a skate park, going uh, roller skating, and having John Bon Jovi like a prayer going on and being able to skate around like, I know this song. Do, 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 Guns and Roses, Journey. That's another song. That's a classic song that will break out no matter where you are. Everybody should know how to sing it. Or if not, just fake it. Something. But there's so many things that our generation has brought to y'all that is now standard. You just don't even know your roots. Did you say Whitney? And stuff that, yeah. Oh, no. I forgot about Whitney. Whitney and Jackson, Prince. Prince. Come yes. On now. Come on. I mean, and it's sad, though. Those, all of them, the, all of them are gone. And they have mm-hmm. such a impression on music now. And a lot of the songs that you may hear out now are maybe sampled or probably sampled from that time period. And you guys thinking it's new. What was that? When, when Missy did what? The Super Bowl? And then they were like, oh, who's Missy? They let this new artist out and they gave her a chance. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. You, when I'm not like, uh, no, she's been here before. They said, oh, it was nice of Katy Perry to let Missy Elliott perform like, to give her some new shine. See, and that's what I'm saying. But like, just to think about like, because y'all know for me, it was it's, it's Whitney, it's Tina. And mm, Tina. Right? And I don't care. I I will I will challenge you. In twenty years, you could put on a Whitney song up against a mm, song. Yes. A Summer Walker song. It will lose. Lose. You Hands down. Up a little I don't care. Oh, and here's the thing. Little Kim walked. Oh, thank you. So that Nikki could run. Let's be mm. clear on that. 
Nikki is nothing, and I know a lot of y'all are Barb's and y'all love her, but Nikki is mm. nothing but a carbon copy of Little Kim. And the only difference Thank you. Is, is that when Nikki came out, there was no competition. So she was able to just go. Yes. Period. Run the show. When Little Kim came out, there were a lot of female rappers that she mm. was up against. And it's it, and y'all don't understand, it was like a plethora. You could go to Queen mm. Latifah, Moni Love, Salt and Pepper. Yes. Go Bahamadia, Little Kim. Oh, Bahamadia. Then you had like this lesser known Charlie Baltimore, Amelia. Mm-hmm. Like there were female T- tons. Lauren Hill, because let's be clear, before the miseducation of Lauren Hill, Lauren was rapping, rapping. Fuji's hard. So Hello, ooh la la la. Against a lot. Not, not the ooh la la. <laughs> Yes. Nikki came out. Who was who was she rapping against? Herself. So of course. Cause, yeah, because Re- Remy Ma was 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 locked up. Yeah, and I'll say yeah. this: I'm not taking anything away from Nicki Minaj's talent and creativity. It's just not for me, and it's not for me because it's just like her attitude. It's just like you wear a blonde. You was wearing like you put on a blonde wig and everybody goes crazy. But bitch. Little Kim was in a lime green wig with a fur, lime mm. green fur coat, like, <laughs> and a bikini. And a blue. Like, and a blue one. Like, come on. And her yellow one. Come and on. her blue, the whole primary colors. Like, she was rocking little it. Little Kim started that color head. Because I'm like, thank you. ain't never seen no shit like that. <laughs> we were like, wait, what? What is going on? So, yeah. So that's, I'm off my little rant right there. Um, so uh, we we're glad that you were able to take the small little uh, time to walk with us down memory lane into Gen X mm-hmm. and understand who we are as a group and as a people because you know Gen X is still here, y'all. Y'all can ignore us, you know. And but I we here because the boomers and what they did and the millennials and what they think they did it takes away from really the contributions of Gen X to this society but trust me y'all gonna need us mm. and when y'all do mm. hope that we want to help y'all <laughs> <laughs> you say hope that we want to help because we we've been helping y'all for so long different ways to remove blood stains from clothing 
they the real fuck around and find out people. <laughs> Facts. That's a mic drop right there. That's that a mic drop. It's a mic drop. Thank y'all for joining us this week on Sipping Tea with Nat and Z. You can follow us on Instagram at Sipping Tea underscore Nat and Z underscore pod and Facebook at Sipping Tea Nat and Z to get info on our upcoming podcast, guests, and news. Thanks for listening and catch us next week where we get into dealing with what triggers us. Dun dun dun. Bye, y'all. <laughs>